Howdy, and welcome to your dog's best life. This is Leanne, all by herself. So, uh, you would not believe the ridiculousness that it took to do this recording tonight. So, hopefully, take 30 million will finally take. So, tonight we're going to talk about something pretty basic. I'm going to try not to do, um, force myself to make really long podcast posts. If, is that what they're called? Posts. If I don't really have like a shit ton of really deep stuff to talk about. Um, I'd like to talk tonight about something I see a lot, uh, in, in my dog training business. And that is the use of commands, cues, whatever you want to call them with dogs who are not listening. <laughs> um, I see it a lot. I see it. Uh, oh, the the best is, you know, the rowdy dog who who's greeting a stranger and they're bouncing off the walls and the owners screaming their sit behavior, sit, 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 sit. And the dog is still maniacally doing anything but sitting. And I think we need to visit this a little bit. So we kind of have a little bit of an understanding. I, I don't think this is uh, a rare, a rare occurrence. And I think it's something that can actually be visited and, and dealt with, uh, at least verbally pretty quickly. <laughs> it takes a little longer to do it in real life. So what's happening there is generally a fundamental inability of the dog to either understand, fully understand the cue or to, in that emotional state, do the cue, execute the cue. So I, we've talked on other podcasts about making sure that you have set your dog up for success. And we talked about um, kind of taking cues and moving them to multiple locations so your dog understands them. One of the things that I often see is, is with things like, like sit or place or go to your bed or stop jumping on people and go lie down is we try to apply a cue that's not adequately trained in a situation where it has pretty much zero chance of success. And then because we get flustered, because there are people there and we're embarrassed, we just keep repeating the cue. But all that really effectively does is make the dog learn that that cue has no meaning. And the more, especially in the, in the circumstance I'm describing, the more agitated and upset and aroused you, the owner, become, the more that transfers to your dog. And so now you've got two excited people. One is yelling something and the other one is barking and being a dog and bouncing around. And now everything is escalated and turned into it like just a complete shit show. And that's what coming in the door has become for your dog. This high arousal situation where everybody's in the state of flusteriness and frustration and and it's, it's too much. So what I'm going to tell you, and people hate hearing this because it's work. And I'm a lazy, lazy trainer and I get it. I'm not a huge fan of finding out that I need to go backwards. But uh, if you don't have the foundations here, you're, you're not going to succeed. So let's say the behavior is sit, which is not a behavior I often recommend for a bouncy jumping dog. And I think I've talked about that before. Um, that's a perfect place for the launch pad behavior. But let's say, let's say you want to sit and you want it when people come in the door. And right now what you have instead is you have the dog bum rushing the door, bouncing around in the door, barking and being a dingleberry and, 
and you're grabbing the collar and the poor person's coming inside and and they're being accosted by your dog who's jumping all around. It's a happy, goofy dog. And you're like, well, this isn't working. And so you're yelling, sit, sit, Fluffy, sit, sit, sit. And he's jumping all over the person and the person is saying, oh, it's okay, I love dogs. He's just petting your dog. And you're flustered and upset because you, you trained this dog and he should know better air quotes should know better and dang it he should know and he's in trouble your emotional state rises your dog's emotional state rises and now you've got yeah i was going to replace shit show with something else what was it a goat rodeo a total goat rodeo so so where do we go well here's the bad news you go backwards you go backwards and you create a situation where you practice this behavior away from those distractions. You, pro- you practice it and you practice it and you practice it and you don't get cheap and you reward the shit out of it until the dog hairs sit and their butt is flying towards the ground at 100 miles an hour. Then, and only then, do you introduce at distance a person coming in the door. So let me give you an example. Uh, right now your dog hears a doorbell and completely loses their mind. So for the next, I don't know, 10, 50, depends on your dog, 100 doorbells, your dog is in a crate in a completely different room and they don't have anything to do with a doorbell. So now the doorbell no longer causes that state of arousal because nothing exciting is going to happen. So you have to not only train the sit, but you have to essentially untrain what the doorbell means, which is means at this point, get aroused, excited, get yelled at by your parents, which causes stress and anxiety and frustration and rah, 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 rah. And, and you got to back it all up and you've got to control your doorway. You've got to control your dog's access to guests. You have to practice training your dog. You need to create what's called a cue transfer so that right now the doorbell has meaning for the dog or the door opening or, you know, any number of things. That cue means go berserk, go crazy. Ah, I'm going to be nuts because everybody becomes crazy because my mom yells at me and says, get down, get down, get down, which is a great song. I love it. Get down, get down, get down. And so I'm going to bounce. Yay. I love people. And the person pets me because that's okay with them. And my mom's grabbing my collar and that's okay with me. And I'm just going to bounce around. And that's what the door opening means. Good God. And you're trying to yell, sit in that. That ain't going to happen. So what you need to do is you need to get rid of all of it, all of it. And the absolute best way to do that right now is management. And for a lot of people, management's a dirty word. And and I get it. Um, It's kind of like, well, you're not solving the problem. And you're right. If for the rest of your dog's life, I say, create your dog every single time the doorbell rings, then you're right. We haven't done a damn thing. We're just managing the situation away. And you know what? If your dog hates strangers and snarks and bites and threatens to murder them, then there is absolutely nothing wrong with throwing your dog in a crate every time a stranger comes by. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, if the rest of the dog's life is wonderful and this is the only thing that is, you know, quote unquote, a bad day, who cares? But your dog's a happy golden or a happy goofus or a happy Aussie who wants to bounce around, a little pit bull puppy who bounces and bounces and bounces or whatever. And you want them to have fun. You want them to meet your guests. Your guests love your dogs, blah, blah, blah. So what you need to do is you need to take this whole thing apart. 
You de-escalate that whole ugly front door situation, stop yelling commands that aren't being listened because now you're going to wreck your commands. They're not going to have any meaning anymore. Um, oh, and don't write me nasty emails if you don't like the word command. It's a word, dude. It's a word, okay? Q, whatever you want to call it. Um, command sounds so top down, whatever. If your dog is ignoring your cues, then that tells you that the rewards that they're receiving is not higher value than the rewards they're receiving for ignoring them. If ignoring your cue means they get to bounce up and down on the person and get petted by them and be all exuberant and crazy, that is a way better reward than the treat. I don't care what the treat is. Um, so we have to back it up. And where we need to start is we take the dog away from the picture and we completely de-escalate the picture. So take your dog, put it in a crate and open the door for your, for your guest. Then after your guest has sat down and calmed, everybody's calm, then you can go into the other room where your dog is crated and with a leash and a bunch of treats and treat your dog there for calmness. Practice sitting way in the other room while your other, while your husband or spouse or your guests talk among themselves or they click through the TV looking for football or whatever it takes. Practice your sits way far away from your guests because that's the distance you might need depending on how excited your dog gets. So practice it far away. They know the guests are there. They're not dumb. So see if you can get their attention there. If you can get their attention there, reward the hell out of them. Yay, good dog. Thank you. That's exactly what I had in mind. And then you can walk towards the door. And as you walk towards the door, keep asking for sits. And as long as you're getting sits, it's all good. And then come into the room with the guests. Do it all over again. Until eventually your dog can sit when there are actually guests. Now, is this going to happen in a day? No. Is this going to happen in a week? No. Because your dog's been practicing this behavior for some time, it'll probably happen for a while. So that's the problem that people struggle with is they want instant solutions and you're not going to get them. Not through positive reinforcement. Now, you can use positive punishment. You can um, yell at your dog, but we know that won't work. So the other option is you can take a prong collar and correct the dog. I'm not a fan of that. And the reason I'm not a fan of that is a, that's not my training style. But the other reason is I really don't want your dog to associate strangers with pain. And so that that's, that's me. Now, having said that, you know, there are a lot of really skilled trainers out there who can probably get it done. And 99.99% of the time, the dog is fine and totally happy to still creak strangers in only one or two percent or one half of one percent or one tenth of one percent uh, becomes reactive to people because of it. Um, for me, that number regardless is too high. And I don't want conflicting emotional states when people come in the door if your dog is otherwise happy. But positive punishment doesn't take any time. Uh, because it's, it can be done very quickly. But again, you know, just cause you go down that road doesn't mean that that's probably the solution that I would want. I wouldn't want that kind of conflict in my dogs if a stranger comes to the door. Uh, so, so my solution, yes, will take longer, but it's a solution that I feel better about. And there are the ramifications of negative fallout going forward is almost zero. Uh, you won't have a negative or upsetting correlation between strangers coming in the door and pain or stress or anything like that. 
uh, if your dog even is slightly fearful of, of people, then obviously I think adding an, a fearful or painful event to that is wildly contraindicated. So that is certainly not the direction I would go. I mention it only because a lot of times the we human beings go to positive punishment because it's easy and quick. And if you're listening to this, probably it's because it hasn't worked. And often the times it doesn't work is because instead of applying it appropriately, you are applying it in such a manner that you're creating an intermittent reward system where the dog is getting intermittently punished, which means he's getting intermittently rewarded by jumping up and continuing the behavior. That um, That is really a recipe for disaster. Or because your punishment system is completely ineffectual, which is you yelling, stop it, knock it off, bad dog, which dogs don't speak English and they don't care. And if your dog gets into a heightened state of arousal with yelling, then they'll get worse. If, if your dog shuts down, then they might bounce out of frustration and anxiety. Uh, bouncing, happy-looking behavior can sometimes be a sign, actually, of anxiety and, and kind of fearful uh, mixed emotions. And we can end up with a really fuzzy picture where the dog's just not certain of what they are supposed to do. So that's why I like to make it very, very clear to my dogs. What do you do when the doorbell rings? Uh, A lot of people don't know the answer to that. They're like, well, I don't want him to do this or I don't want that. Well, you know, it's easier for your dog if you tell him what you want to do. Uh, A lot of dogs need that level of uh, structure. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I, or like I said in the past, I, I have border collies and, and herding dogs and they really want structure. They want to know, okay, what happens if, what happens if they want directions written down and, and, you know, if A happens, then B, then what do I do? What do I do here? They're always asking for that. You know, other breeds aren't as like, aren't like that as much, you know, terriers are a little more independent. My livestock guardian dog obviously is an independent contractor and does her own thing. But even those kinds of dogs certainly benefit from being told what to do as opposed to what not to do. So I, my preference is always to build that behavior. And where it tends to fail is owners escalate the excitement and the arousal too fast and expect a badly proofed or hardly proofed behavior to survive that kind of arousal. And the best way to, and I, I'm sure I've said this here, I know I've said it in 10,000 classes, is... You don't try to teach your children things at Disneyland. It ain't going to work. So you don't even test your three-year-old. Let's say you have a three-year-old. And I don't even know what three-year-olds know. <laughs> so let's say you have a three-year-old and they know their ABCs. I don't know if that makes them a genius or not. Uh, so your, your child knows their ABCs, but they don't know it super well. They, you know, sometimes they screw up maybe P and Q. But they know it. They know the little song. And you go to Disneyland and you ask for the ABCs. They're not going to do it. Or even worse, you have a three-year-old child and you want them to sit still while eating. You try that at Disneyland, it probably isn't going to work. It's too high arousal. They're too excited. And yelling at them probably is just going to make them more stressy and weird and bizarre and less likely to listen to you because now they're frustrated and upset and weirded out and they're no longer thinking because their arousal state's too high. So rather than do that, you practice the behavior multiple times away from Disneyland and then it works at Disneyland. That's what's called being a teenager. 
right? By the time you're 10 or 11, you can go to Disneyland and sit down for a meal like a normal person. You can go through your ABCs at Disneyland because you've practiced it enough away from the arousal state that you're totally fine. So if you find yourself repeating cues, this is my rule. If I repeat a cue, if I say a cue and my dog ignores me, then I need to look around. If I do it again and my dog continues to ignore me, I've screwed up and I need to change something. That's me. That's on me. And I need to fix what's broken. And generally, you know, if it's arousal, I have to change that. If it's the antecedent picture, you know, I'm in some place that the dog's never been. I've changed something too quickly, whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, you might need an extra pair of eyes to help you with that. Tell you why, you know, maybe you don't think anything's changed, but something clearly has. So that's, that's kind of what you have to figure out on your own. But uh, this is a short little dinky podcast, but I just want to get this little piece of information across. I hope it's helpful for you. If it's, you know, you're welcome to contact me. You can go to my website, empireridgeranch.com. Um, there's a message me tab somewhere on there and you can message me. You can talk to me through messenger on Facebook, Empire Ridge Ranch on Facebook is my page and find out, you know, ask follow-up questions or anything like that. Uh, I hope this was helpful and happy training. If you like my little mini podcast, uh, like, rate, review. Why? Why can I never think of the fourth thing? What the hell? Like, rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe. Thank you very much and have a good evening. Thank you for listening to your dog's best life. Happy training.